You saw a lot of younger girls in the stands and lots of teams here, so I think it's exciting because when I was younger, we didn't have these teams to look up to. This venue is pretty cool and the city like seems to support women's hockey well, so just the future of the PWHPA um, is promising and we're looking forward to being a part of it wherever we end up. That was the voice of Kristen Campbell, goaltender and gold medalist with the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics with the Canadian women's national team and what a dominant run they had in those games. The city Kristen referenced was, of course, Pittsburgh, where we come out for the hockey. And this weekend's Dream Gap Tour event hosted by the Penguins and featuring uh, the PWHPA's best of the best in women's professional hockey was a total pleasure and a privilege to cover. So welcome back. You're listening to Fly Penguins Fly Game Day podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Taylor. I'm just a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan, so I created this game day podcast for yins, for yiz, for yous, for Penguins fans, and for hockey fans all around the world. Right now, though, let's kick it over to my sometimes co-host, pretty big Pens fan herself, happens to be my wife, Ashley Taylor. Thanks, Jeff. Before we talk about anything else, our heartfelt thoughts go out to Christopher Letang and his family, as yesterday the public announcement was made that Tanger suffered a stroke on Monday. This is the second such event for number 58 since he suffered a prior stroke in 2014. A hole in Latang's heart, apparently common to almost all humans at birth. In his case, it never fully closed up, and it's a part of the reason for the strokes he's had. Chris wanted to play in Tuesday's game regardless. He wanted to skate with the team on Wednesday, too. That led to Penguins general manager Ron Hextall to say of Latang, he's one tough SOB. And that's high praise from Hexy, one of the meanest, toughest goalies ever to pull an NHL jersey over his head. So our hearts, our prayers go out to the Latang family and indeed the whole Penguins organization this week as tests are conducted to determine the best path forward for Chris. So our hearts, our prayers go out to the Latang family and indeed the whole Penguins organization this week as tests are conducted to determine the best path forward for Chris. Please follow us on Twitter at PensPod, on Instagram at FlyPenguinsFly, and subscribe to the Fly Penguins Fly YouTube channel. That link is in today's episode notes, and very soon you'll be able to watch the full conversation with Josh Getzoff, voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you missed Tuesday's episode, number 113, featuring Jeff's chat with Josh, it's available now on all platforms. Okay, before we preview tonight's game... Just this past weekend, our very own Jeff Taylor was given the opportunity to cover the PWHPA's Dream Gap Tour up at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex in Cranberry. And that's part of why I'm picking up some of the hosting duties today. Women's professional hockey is on the rise in North America, and the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, or the PWHPA, With that in mind, we are so pleased to be joined by Liz Knox. Liz is the co-host of Noxie and Cax, a great hockey show that is part of the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. 2018 Clarkson Cup champion goaltender with the Markham Thunder and founding PWHPA board member, not to mention a firefighter up in Stouffville, Ontario. Liz is just a powerhouse human and easily one of the most pleasant guests we've ever had on Fly Penguins Fly. All right, Yins, time to kick it back to Jeff for today's game preview. By the way, we are going to tonight's game versus the Golden Knights, and we are stoked. Yeah, we are. Thanks, Ashley. Yeah, I have to echo those sentiments regarding Chris Letang. I just hit like a ton of bricks yesterday, hearing about the stroke he suffered. 
I just love what Chris brings to the Penguins organization as a human being, uh, what seems like a ton of great energy in and around the locker room. Best wishes to Tanger in his day-to-day, certainly with the prognosis going forward as well. So tonight, your Pittsburgh Penguins play host to the Golden Knights. Pitt coming in tonight with that 11-7-5 record, good for 26 points and the second wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. VGK, the Vegas Golden Knights, 17-6-1, 35 points, first place in the Pacific Division, the best in the West. So it'll be Logan Thompson, another rookie netminder, up against the Penguins here at PPG Paints Arena in Allegheny County. To quote Trib Lives' Seth Rorabaugh, Logan Thompson is a right-catching or, quote, silly-sider goaler. That's one I haven't heard for the right-catching goalies. I just love that term. Way better than full right, which is boring by comparison. But yes, it'll be rookie Logan Thompson in net for the Knights and for your Pittsburgh Penguins, number 35 from Surrey, British Columbia, <laughs> Tristan Jari gets the nod against the NHL franchise local to the Zucker family's hometown of Las Vegas. Uh, Jari is 3-1-0 against the Knights in his career. Speaking of goalies, one really cool part of covering the PWHPA Dream Gap Tour event was that I got the chance to chat with some of the players post-game over by the locker rooms. Here is 2014 Team Canada Olympic gold medalist and PWHPA Team Harvey's netminder, Genevieve Lacasse, just after posting a victory on Saturday afternoon in Cranberry. When you think of Pittsburgh hockey, who are the players that come to mind? I mean, you get the Lemire and Crosby, obviously, and then for me, Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, love his style of play, kind of, you know, he, he's a little bit different than other goalies. He's not always... He sure is. Yeah, he, he's awesome. You know, it's a little bit weird, but... Um, I just like his style, you know, he's, he's not always letting the player dictate the move. Like he's sometimes aggressive and you would have seen that today in my, in my play. Like I had a big poke check, you know, we had player open in front and I just had my stick out. Mm -hmm. They weren't able to make that play. So I I love his play. Like he's legendary here in Pittsburgh and he did some wonderful things for the city. What does it feel like playing goal under the watchful gaze of Ronnie Hextall today? Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, his, his puck play back in the day was unbelievable. Uh, and his play away from the puck. And, and his fighting. I definitely had a, a little bit of that in my play, a little bit of uh, scrawniness that I, I like to... It wasn't on display today. They were pretty clean around the net, but um, what, what, like, what a goalie. He's legendary. Yeah. Well, if a professional team gets formed here in Pittsburgh, I hope we get a chance to see a suit up in black and gold, which I well, I will assume will be the colors. <laughs> I assume it would be, yeah. What a what a wonderful place. I mean, we've we've played here before with the Canadian team, and just it's rare that in the U.S. you go outside of the rink and people know why you're there and all of that. So it's really a cool, cool place, and uh, the people love their hockey. No big deal. Just talking to an Olympic gold medalist in the same rink where I've gotten to play beer league. I love Pittsburgh for hockey. What a great sports town in general. All right, back to tonight's game. As far as scoring for Pittsburgh, it's been Jake Gensel. It's been Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby. Jake's got uh, 10 goals, 9 assists for 19 points. The Russian Bear, 8 goals, 12 assists with 20 points. And your captain, Sidney Crosby, the highest point-getting player among the two teams playing at PPG Paints tonight, 11 goals, 18 
assists, good for 29 points. On the Vegas side, it is former Buffalo Sabre Jack Eichel leading the way for the Knights with 11 goals, 15 assists, 26 points. An interesting stat for the Knights, William Carrier, uh, a winger for the Knights, five goals in his last five games. So look out for Carrier. One thing I did not discuss earlier, the Pens, of course, dropped their previous game at home against Carolina, uh, two goals to three in overtime, the non-calls by the refs in OT, both possibly for boarding on that hit from behind on Brian Rust, although you kind of got the Pens standing around after that. The uh, too many men call also missed by stripes at that moment. It results in the uh, Pesci or Pecci, I can never pronounce that, and Svechnikov on the 2-1-0 and the overtime game winning goal for Carolina. That was a, oof, that was just an anticlimactic moment if you're a Penguins fan in the rink uh, at that moment. Quick rundown of the recent lines and pairings and Chris Letang's absence. Even though I was at the game on Tuesday and should know these things myself, I did have to call up my buddy Nick Berlansky to confirm a couple things. Uh, Nick writes for Inside the Penguins at Sports Illustrated as well as hosting Tip of the Iceberg podcast. It is still Raquel up on the top line, of course, Rust on the second line with Gino. The D pairings, however, are, are what's interesting. Dumoulin and Petrie on the top pairing, Pedersen and Ruda on the second, P.O. Joseph and Chad Ruedel, the league's best defenseman of all time, numero deux for your Pittsburgh Penguins. I love Chad Ruedel. Okay, it is time to get into the chat I had with Liz Knox of the PWHPA. We were sitting in the locker room at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex before the Dream Gap Tour event started. Enjoy our conversation. What about you for Noxie and Cax? Like, do you do a lot of the editing? No. Or is there no. somebody else? Thank God, because I am not tech savvy at all. Yeah. I, I, I was in a band in high school, so I appreciate that you're a musician. But are, we, are we outing the name of the band? Yeah, with 200 feet. All right. The length of the rank. We oh were all hockey players. God, that's like knuckle puck <laughs> or, uh, you know, the Matt Cullens or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I was never the sound tech person. And um, yeah, at our network is uh, Steve Dangle Podcast Network. So SDPN. I did find that out just this yeah. I had seen the, mo- the moniker on the top. Yeah. Of course, I know Steve Dangle, but I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. They're fantastic. And uh, Jesse Blake does our production. So. Mm. And the whole team there. I mean, yeah, I couldn't even name them all, but we just get to sit and chat and then we send it off to them and the magical fairies at SDPN do their thing and it comes back perfect. Please let the (laughs) providence of me getting to have you on my podcast today be the first drop in the bucket toward getting to that stage where I have someone who does my editing for me because I need to get there. We're putting it into the universe. It's going to happen for you, Jeff. And speaking of sitting and chatting, I am really just over the moon to say that I'm sitting here with one of the founding uh, board members of the PWHPA Clarkson Cup champion, uh, fair to say retired goaltender at this point? Well, I keep, I keep retiring. Like I've retired two or three times now, but I think for, it's for real this time. Yes. But I'm sitting here with Liz Knox. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast on Fly Penguins Fly Game Day podcast. Um, we are here in, a, in, in one of the few locker rooms in this facility at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex that I've never been in because beer leaguers <laughs> don't get allowed on this side. The, the benches come close, but, you know, you don't, you don't hop over. You don't go mess with the, the Penguins uh, practice facility. So here we are. There's a crest in the middle of the floor, the skating penguin, um, but we're in the Team Sonnet locker room today, and it is 
Well, it feels like we are we are about to witness a professional hockey game because this place this place looks legit. Yeah, this is game day ready, and we met uh, Pat Franey before. Just yes. before we got on, on the podcast here and uh, lots of hardworking people at the PWHPA to make sure that these girls, you know, come in and get that, uh, that same feel that you have right now, which is that we're ready to play a professional hockey game. Yeah, it's electric. And, and, and I, you saw me when I walked into the rink today. It's just I, I have that feeling as a, as a fan. I mean, that's really what this podcast is. I'm a, I'm a Penguins fan, so I do the game day podcast and I love to let it expand into other parts of hockey. Um, short of talking about my own horrible playing <laughs> you are not only the the first canadian citizen that i've ever had on on fly penguins fly but also the first proper hockey player <laughs> so uh, that's that's an understatement so i'm gonna cut to a to a dark fact that i learned on your podcast oh, it gosh. was from the episode just the two of us you you and cax and yeah. one of the things that i learned on that episode about the um dissolving of the CWHL in 2019 was the selling off of the hardware mm. that broke my heart mm -hmm. and does that include the Clarkson Cup that you won it did at the time so yeah I, I get chills honestly even when you say that because I just like you it's not right you snap right back there and yeah that was a heartbreaking the players were heartbroken when the CWHL folded um when you talk talk to these players and kind of go back, you know, four years now. Mm. Um, Seems like a lifetime ago. It does. The pandemic. And, it really and does. Various Olympiads and whatever's happened since then. Right. The rivalry series. It's like hockey kept tour. moving forward, but we're still, you know, it's, yeah. it's still very close to us. But the selling of the trophies was, um, you know, from a business side, I understand it because mm. we are a not-for-profit, so we had to liquidate all of our assets, which includes the trophies. Sure. But tell that to a group of hockey players who have just committed. You know, I played in the league for almost 10 years. Yeah. And we had won the year before. And now we're selling it off on basically eBay for, you know, a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars. And it doesn't matter. It could I have, it could have sold for $5 million. It still wouldn't have been right. You know, it's... It, it's insane. It's pride. To me. Like, that's, you know. Yeah. But it had to be done. And we were very fortunate, actually. This is a, a good time to acknowledge that there were a number of people that bought the trophies, not just the Clarkson Cup, but like mm. the MVP trophies yeah, yeah. that donated them either back to the Hockey Hall of Fame, it, well, which is in Toronto, or, That's nice. or they like found yeah. a network um, through the Ontario Women's Hockey Association. Or they, they wanted to make sure that this you know, hardware stayed historically with women's hockey. Yeah. So it, we're very fortunate that our yeah. fan base is quite loyal and that they were willing to do that, but yeah, still stung. Stung real mm. bad. <laughs> well, we talked about music a second ago. Jeff Buckley, the, the late, great Jeff Buckley said, uh, I had to send you away to bring you back again. Mm. So to, to liquidate something to the point where what you left everything on the ice, or in your case, in the crease, uh, to win, to have to see that off in order, maybe not intentionally, that wasn't the plan. Of course. But here we are at the, at the P-Dub, yeah. the Dream Gap Tour. I, I've seen the short film that the name sort of stems from and was not able to fight back the tears. You're in the film. And at one point, in addition to discussing hockey and your history in hockey and the future of the PWHPA, we see you in your firefighter blues at the station. Yeah. Um, Stouffville, right? Yeah. So you just strike me as exactly the kind of person who would have gotten the call to write to write the ship to 
distribute the life vests to get the PWHPA uh, forming and on 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 both skates, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> do do you see yourself like that? Do you do you think of yourself as someone who does a lot of different things? Because you do. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know what I think. Even as a player, like as a goaltender, you know, sometimes you're the starter and sometimes you're swinging the gate on the bench, right? And mm. I think at a very early age, like I kind of learned that I wasn't always going to be the go-to person on the ice. And I, I learned that I could add a lot of value to the locker room and I love to do that. I love to make my teammates happy. I love to see them perform well. I love to see my goalie partner perform well. Um, and so I think that kind of like people person or like public servants, like they, they, they kind of align with each other. And um, the opportunity when the CWHL folded and then we formed the PWHPA, it wasn't like calculated. It wasn't thought out, honestly, at the time. It was just organic. It was like these players have nothing and we have to do something. And I think, um, mm, yeah. you know, we're, we're talking obviously about like my journey and, and my career and that. But everybody that has stayed with the PWHPA has that puzzle piece in them where it's like, mm -hmm. we will maybe, you know, our young players in the PA, maybe they'll benefit from this creation, our direction, our journey for a few years. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, and it sounds cliche, maybe it is like, we want to leave the game better than how we entered it. We want, I want to be an old lady one day mm -hmm. and be watching pro women's hockey on TV and just know, like, not even have to tell anybody, but just know that, like, I was part of the group that made this a reality, right? Sure. And I think that that's the puzzle piece that connects all of us. I think that, like, you're seeing now four years in of a, a plan that was supposed to be, our hope was one year. Like, our hope yeah. was, and, and we're all players. We didn't have, you know, we don't have business in uh, or background in business and marketing and like we didn't have access to people that would do market research for us mm -hmm. and so we were thinking like oh like we can make this stand and this should happen within a year right that, that, how hard could it be but I think you're seeing now um, the time that the players have committed to building what we believe a, you know a professional league should look like um, it takes time it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of people and this it's nice to feel like this year's dream gap tour is like the closest we've been but yeah. i'm really excited for kind of what's to come and speaking of what's to come everybody wants to know when's there going to be a league that comes out of the pwhpa i'm not going to ask you that question <laughs> point blank but but you're going to ask me the question aren't you? <laughs> well well if you have something you want to share right now on fly penguins fly podcast go ahead and drop it i did want to say that it feels in a way like the PWHPA is one team. Mm -hmm. And looking at some of the national team players who might be on cereal boxes or the covers of games, and, and that's fantastic, or cover of the New York Times um, business section or yeah. something. Sarah Nurse was, was, was on there. We, we kept the, the section at our house. But it's almost like, since not everyone on the tour is a national team player, mm -hmm. right? So you have, it's almost like the, the national team, the national teams are like the captains mm -hmm. of this grander team. Yeah. And they're going to do what they can with their notoriety and their uh, famous faces and, and personas that are out there to light the torch. Um, I guess that's an intended pun in some way because of the, <laughs> the Olympiad uh, recently, which was so exciting. Yeah. For 
these non-national team players uh, and next the next generation yeah. of women's hockey coming up right now. And it's, it's really interesting because you're absolutely right. I mean, the national team players carry a certain amount of weight in terms of they're the most marketable. People know who Sarah Nurse is. People know who Hillary Knight is. So they want those faces on their commercials, on their products. So they carry that weight. On the other hand, you know, in the CWHL days and currently in the PWHPA, those girls have nowhere to train unless they have non-national team players who are working full-time jobs as teachers, as accountants, as firefighters, as police officers, yeah. and then coming at the end of their long days to train and be expected to perform at the same level as somebody who does this for their full-time job, right? So there's yeah. a great mutual respect, I think. And, and this year, especially because we have these mixed rosters, this is the first time that we've done non-geographical uh, regionalized rosters. Sure. You're getting national team players to play with, you know, Canadians and Americans and non-national team players get to know all of them. And there's such a great mutual respect that's growing in this group. And to your original point, like the PWHPA is one. Yeah. We are one unit knowing that this isn't our end goal. It's a, it, we love going on mm -hmm. tour. We love bringing the product, but this is not our end goal. And we're so unified in that mission that it's brought us this far, right? Yeah. It's a really, our very first Secret Dream Gap tour stop, we were in Toronto and I was, I was doing some color commentary, actually, my first time, so it was probably really bad. But Which you're um, going to do today as well, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's on the docket for the weekend, so we'll okay, see. Okay, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, and at the end of the first game, so this was a time we didn't have, we just had gave every player two jerseys, a, a navy jersey and a white jersey. Mm -hmm. And we would go on this tournament, we would draft teams, split them up. Like, it was a, a bit of a gong show, I'll be honest with you, because we had had to pull it together in like a couple months. But at the end of the game, and we named the teams after, you know, players on the ice. Or it was actually a team named after me, which was really cool as like awesome. a founding board member. Sure. But at the end of the game, the two teams lined up across, uh, you know, facing the stands. And I was in the stands at the end of the game. I was standing next to a group of very loyal Montreal fans mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, a very loyal group of Toronto fans. And I knew these people from the CWHL days. Yeah. And like the players did a salute like to the fans and there was not a single person sitting down mm. like it didn't the score didn't matter the play was amazing of course but like there that was the moment where i was like wow not only do we get it but like our fans get what we're doing yeah it was a very validating moment and i still feel that like you know when we go on these tours which is really cool yeah and it's it speaks to that heaviness uh that I actually went all the way back to listen to the preview episode of your podcast, uh, some of the SDPN yeah. folks that were kind of setting it up for their, for their listenership. And uh, who was it? It wasn't Jaina who was on there talking yeah, with them, yeah, was it? Jaina was on. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, Jaina Hefford, right? Mm -hmm. the, uh, At least she's gonna, our lead consultant. Lead consultant, yeah, <laughs> uh, for the PWHPA. But the idea of this heaviness that pervades, there's a, there's a ton of hockey to be played today. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of hockey to be played in the future to that'll be the result of these dream gap tours i feel like we are sitting in like a sepia old timey movie you know <laughs> of the formation of uh, les habitants or 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 the 1967 pittsburgh penguins or something this is what's this is a moment of of, of electricity of mm -hmm. of um 
I want to use big words like $20 words like kinesis or something. <laughs> I don't, it's not even a word. But there's motion happening and it's emotion too. Mm-hmm. Like there's a feeling happening right now. There's also a lot of other professional, um, uh, there is other professional women's hockey in this country that I've, Absolutely. I've gone to games out in the East Coast and, and checked out uh, things like the, like the Riveters and, and, and that league. Uh, it's, it's super exciting. It does, however, there needs to be a solid future. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm kind of standing in, in the midst of all of it, loving it for me as, as, not, as a non-player, as a fan, uh, knowing that at some point there will be uh, not just a bigger, not just a better funded, not just a better marketed uh, uh, women's professional league, but the unknowing is exciting in a way. Mm-hmm. And now I will ask you that question. You know, what can we expect and on approximately what timeline do you think there will be more of a conventional league yeah. to come out of the, of the P-Dub? Well, I will answer that. Um, I did want to shout out Alex Ozzie, uh, mm-hmm. who used to work for NBC, wrote a fantastic article um, that tracked the history of women's hockey over the last 20, 30 years. And to your point about, uh, you know, other professional leagues that are currently existing, the difficulty is a player's career is so short in the pros. So you're looking at like a five to six year um, career post-college is, I would say, a good to average career for most players. Because at some point they have to get jobs that will take up their full time, right? So there's such a quick turnover that we're as players, we're quick to forget mistakes we've already made. Mm-hmm. And so Alex Ozzy does a great job kind of cycling back and going through these leagues, uh, the Cowha League, the CWHL, the original NWHL, sure. the NWHL now turned to PHF. Um, and it, I got to check out this You piece. see a yeah. cycle of mistakes that we keep making. And this is where the PWHPA stands. It's not against the PHF. It's just that we believe that we need to build that really solid foundation so that this won't crumble. And that's not to say that the PHF will. It just means we want to build something that we have built, believed in, watched the process, because frankly, we've been trusting other people to do it and they've let us down. And as someone myself who played for 10 years, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen to Jaina. I've seen it happen to my friends and I see it happening around me. And I just think... I don't want to be, you know, 15 years down the road and watch another league collapse and have the same thing. Just keep repeating. After the 1998 Olympics, women's hockey was like, this is our moment. We're going to come back from the Olympics. We're going to have a pro league and we're going to make a livable wage. Yeah. That was almost 30 years ago. Like, so no, we can't keep making the same mistakes. That would not be acceptable at this point. Exactly. So I just wanted to, to I go won't backwards. I will let it happen as a fan. I'm going to be buying <laughs> tickets. I'm going to be coming out. I'm going to be... Well, and, and you, you need from, someone to yeah. do that hard work to figure out, you know, where are our markets? What are people willing to pay? What is a re- reasonable wage to start out for our players? What is a sustainable model? That's it. What, Sustainability. Right. For and, the player, for the individual player, like health insurance. Exactly. Uh, a reasonable wage, at least for that time when they are in that prime of their career and yeah. they are playing for the... Uh, let's come up with a team. I'm going to imagine the name of a team right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. But no, you're right. You're right. And, and that's what, that's what we're striving for. So to answer your question, 
Um, you know, our timeline, we're working exclusively with an investor group that we're very excited about. Um, and there's somebody that we trust. And now our fate is in their hands a little bit. So it's a scary leap for this group of players. Um, but we do trust them. We trust them. We know that they believe in us. Um, I think they actually believe in us a little bit more than we believe in ourselves, mm. which is a refreshing conversation to have uh, after spending a decade in women's hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear so many people say, oh, you guys will never make money and nobody's ever going to watch and nobody's ever, ever, oh. no, no, no. And to finally meet with somebody who's like, yeah, and, I, and this not only makes sense because it's the right thing to do, but it makes sense for me to make money in the end of it. It seems like a, a good match. And yeah, like I say, we're just... Uh, we're on their timeline a little bit. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and wrap this up, I think. Liz Knox, uh, founding board member of the PWHPA, Clarkson Cup champion in the uh, former CWHL. Thank you so much. I feel like I want to talk to you again and go into a whole other Let's side do it again of things. Sometime. But hard not to ask some of the bigger, heavier questions first time out. And uh, thanks for coming on the pod. It's my pleasure, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me. That was Jeff Taylor with Liz Knox of the PWHPA, a champion goaltender in the former CWHL, and now a friend of the show. You can catch Liz in The Dream Gap, a beautiful short film by Topline Productions. It features testimonials from the top names in North American women's professional hockey, including sit-downs with Marie-Philippe Poulin and Hilary Knight, as well as women's professional hockey advocate and legendary tennis star Billie Jean King. And that'll wrap things up for us here on today's episode of Fly Penguins Fly Game Day Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at PensPod, on Instagram at Fly Penguins Fly, and please subscribe to the Fly Penguins Fly YouTube channel. Link is in the episode notes. Remember, if you've got a friend who needs to know about this podcast, please tell them about it. The more black and gold in the house, the better. Jeff, take us out. Thanks, Ashley. All right, Penguins fans, you know you can watch tonight's home game versus the Golden Knights live from PPG Paints Arena on AT&T SN in the Pittsburgh area and on ESPN Plus every place else. As longtime listeners well know, one of my favorite ways to tune in via terrestrial radio or on the web at 105.9 VXFM, sending heartfelt prayers and good vibes out to Chris Letang and his family uh, as he deals with the new situation. Uh, all the best to Crystal Tang. Enjoy tonight's home game versus Chance, the creepy gambling Gila monster who walks upright on two legs. And of course, he- let's go, Pan!